Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today we hear the classic story of Zacchaeus. Now, this is a story that kids have loved, as well as artists throughout the centuries. And better yet, it showcases Luke, who's the writer of this gospel, his literary genius, as well as as being a spiritual master. Now, within this little story, it teaches us some great lessons in the spiritual life. So, what I want to do is highlight you know, some of those lessons and go over this story step by step so that we can all apply it in our own spiritual life. How does it begin? It says, Jesus came to Jericho, intended to pass through. Well, Jesus is passing through, which means what? He's going to be giving people an opportunity for invitation, an invitation for faith in him. See, throughout Jesus's ministry, this is what it's all about. Jesus is always inviting people into faith in him. He never presses, he never forces people into faith. It's always a choice. You know, we have free will. We can either accept that invitation or reject it. Well, the same thing holds true with us. Jesus passes through our life every day. He's constantly inviting us to grow stronger in our faith. Now, he does so in many different ways. The greatest way possible is at Mass. Because at Mass, we have the most concrete encounter with Christ through his body and blood. And so, Jesus at Mass, he offers us the invitation always you know, to grow in a greater and stronger relationship with him. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus invites us in prayer, people, and events. You know, we have to seize the opportunity 
to take those invitations and always draw closer to Christ, as Zacchaeus does in the story. Now, the story continues. It says, Now a man named Zacchaeus, who was chief tax collector and wealthy, was seeking to see who Jesus was. Remember last week we learned about tax collectors. They were collaborators with the Romans. Essentially, all the taxes went to Caesar, as well as to the Roman army. None of the taxes benefit the Israelites at all. Worse yet, to add insult to injury, tax collectors basically paid themselves a salary by skimming off the top of the taxes that they collected. So, Zacchaeus, it says here he's no ordinary tax collector. He's the chief, which means he's the top dog. So, he's wealthy. And he's been cheating people for a long time. He's been enriching himself at the expense of others. Now, guess what? This is exactly the type of person that Jesus loves. Jesus loves all of us because we're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. How often in the gospel do we see Jesus seeking out sinners to heal them? He says specifically in Matthew's gospel, I came not for the healthy, but for the sick and the sinners. Now, the story continues. Zacchaeus, he wanted to see Jesus, but he was short in stature, it says. So he climbed a sycamore tree. Well, as I've said many times, we are all made for God. It was very intentional by God. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Therefore, we all have an infinite longing, a deep hunger for the divine in our life. Well, Zacchaeus Now that deep longing for the divine is awakened in him. And now he goes and he tries to seek Jesus. Now Zacchaeus probably heard some stories about a charismatic preacher who performed many miracles. So it's piqued Zacchaeus' curiosity. He wants to see Jesus. Well, so too with us. You know, just this past summer, I finished a biography about Frank Sinatra. Now during Sinatra's lifetime, If there's any one person who had it all, it was Sinatra. He had money and pleasure. He had fame and influence. He had power. He had the good looks. He had it all. According to worldly standards, he should have been the happiest man alive. And yet there was something deep, a deep hunger within him for something else to be satisfied. Now, what's interesting is when his mom was killed in a plane crash, It was then that he went back to the church for healing and reconciliation. And then he became a very devout Catholic. Well, you could say the same thing holds true for Zacchaeus. He too has a lot. He has wealth and he has power. But what does Jesus do? He awakens in Zacchaeus that infinite longing for the divine that all of us have. Next, Zacchaeus, he'll stop at nothing. So he climbs the sycamore tree. Now, remember, Zacchaeus, he's wealthy, so he's probably well-dressed in garments. He's probably have some sort of hat on, maybe jewelry. We know he's a chief tax collector, so he's been doing this position for some time. So again, we can probably assume he's middle-aged. Now, imagine this short, well-dressed, middle-aged man climbing a tree. Now, there's something very comical about that. But it calls to mind, you know, many of the biblical scenes in which people will go to extreme measures to encounter Christ. Remember that paralyzed man 
With his four friends, they cut a hole in the ceiling in order to lower the man down to be healed by Jesus. Remember the woman with the hemorrhage? Here she's crawling on all fours. She's on hand and knee, you know, before a huge crowd, embarrassed, and yet she doesn't care. She's crawling her way to Jesus, reaching out just to touch his clothes to be healed. Well, we see that time and time again. People willing to do things, even extreme things, to get to Jesus. Well, Zacchaeus, to his credit, despite his age and his clothes, and the fact that everybody, the crowd around him, hates him, he still does extreme things, climbing a tree in order to see Jesus. Well, sometimes in our spiritual life, we must take extreme measures ourselves to get to Christ and to live out our faith. Sometimes it's not always going to be easy to live out our faith. It's going to be sometimes hard, especially now in our culture, and our society. That's why Jesus once said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must take up his cross and come and follow me. Sometimes, yes, it's going to be difficult in the spiritual life, but it's going to be worth it as we grow in our faith and relationship with Christ. So Jesus looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly. Now there's always a sense of urgency in the spiritual life, a time of decision that is now. We have to seize it. Don't miss out on it. Remember the story of the Annunciation. After the angel Gabriel leaves Mary, it says she went in haste to the hill country to tend to her cousin Elizabeth. Mary immediately seized the opportunity to draw closer to God by living out her faith. See, this is why Jesus tells Zacchaeus, come quickly. Remember Matthew's gospel. Jesus says, one who sets their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. So yes, there is a sense of urgency in the spiritual life. When your hunger for the divine leads you to Christ, don't miss out on Jesus' invitation when he calls you. I'll give you a great example of this. Billy Graham, towards the end of preaching a crusade, he'll refer to the hour of decision. He calls all the people in the audience to make a decision now. Not when they get home, not a week from now, Commit yourself right now to Christ. That's the hour of decision. Well, so too with us. In the spiritual life, we must seize every opportunity to grow in our faith and relationship with Christ. Next, Jesus says, For today I must stay at your house. The heart of the Christian life is all about this. Christ staying at our house, the house of our soul. When Jesus says that, He's telling Zacchaeus, hey, I'm moving in. See, when you invite Jesus into your life, he's coming to stay with you. Not as a guest where he visits you from time to time. Oh no. Jesus wants to take up residence in the heart of your soul. See, such that your thoughts, your actions, your decisions, they'll all be heavily influenced by Christ. Paul puts it best in Galatians 2.17. He says, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. That's the heart of the spiritual life. Now, next there's a nice little detail that I like. It says, Zacchaeus, he received Jesus with joy. Well, spiritual life is about joy. Not a giddy joy, but a a joy of inner peace. Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 13, 
I have come that you may share my joy. And so what gives us peace and joy? Is it wealth and power, honor and popularity, like Frank Sinatra had or Zacchaeus? No, not at all. What gives us ultimate peace and joy is allowing Jesus to come and stay with us and receiving him into the house of our soul, just as Zacchaeus did. Now, Zacchaeus responds. He says, Behold, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I cheated anyone, I will repay them four times over. Well, what happens when Jesus enters into our life? We can no longer live in denial. We can't say, you know, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. Well, if that's true, then we're in no need of a Savior. When the light of Christ comes into our life, yes, it gives us joy. But what else does it do? It shines a light into every dark corner of our soul. There's no place to hide now that Jesus is in the house of our soul. Well, Zacchaeus immediately, he sees all the cheating he's done as a tax collector. He admits it. And he decides to change his life for the better. See, when Jesus is in the house of our soul, we can't be the same person. We're compelled to change. That's why he says, Half of my possessions I will give to the poor. So what changes when Jesus comes into our life? Everything. Heart, mind, soul, our will, and our intellect. One last thing. Jesus at the end says, Today's salvation has come to this house. The Son of Man has come to seek and save what was lost. Well, Zacchaeus was lost in his own sin, but he receives Jesus' invitation with joy, and he's saved. You know, that reminds me of the classic song, Amazing Grace. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Well, that's really the story here. How does it first appear to begin? With Zacchaeus searching for Jesus, uh-uh. The whole story is about Jesus searching for Zacchaeus and then finding him and saving him. See, the whole spiritual life is all about that. You know, we don't search for Christ. If we did, we would have control over him. No, Jesus searches for us, just like he did with Zacchaeus. And he invites us at Mass and at prayer. We receive Jesus with joy, just like Zacchaeus. And Jesus takes up residence in our soul, the house of our soul. And he changes our life for the better. And in doing so, Jesus and Jesus alone is the source of inner peace and joy for us. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.